One of the ways you can assure that you begin to get paid what you're worth is to move out of the dollars for hours model and into design fees. Those design fees are based on a client-approved scope and budget, and approved by you as well, and they have a whole batch of boundaries around them to make sure that we can stay in line in this job and that you get paid what you're worth in the end. So it is my pleasure to bring back one of your favorite episodes, Five Ways Design Fees Are Better. Enjoy! I'm Terry Taylor, and this is the Interior Design Business Academy podcast. As an interior designer, you may be thinking, I love what I do, but I am so overworked and underpaid. Let me tell you, I've been there too. I spent many years learning from my own mistakes and developing proven strategies and systems to make interior design a profitable career while keeping it fun and creative. So now I'm here to help you get paid what you're worth. If you're ready for some straight talk about how design business really works and you're ready to break through old belief systems that are holding you back and shift into beliefs that support your goals and bring lasting success, you are in the right place. Now, we talked earlier about how much trouble we get into as designers, me as well, I, I, I remember this, when we're billing hourly. It's just a way to diminish yourself every month. It really is a struggle, okay? And it causes you to be not to be able to create the kind of income that you really deserve. That whole piece about not um, tracking your hours and not billing all the time that you're spending on a job and waiting for a month or two to bill it and then when you do bill it looking at the bill and taking some hours off and going oh you know they'll they'll be happy I know charge some hours well sure they will but you cut off your nose you're not making any money and and you're doing all the work and you deserve more you really do so let's look at the benefits of working on a fee basis when you say that you cost $200 an hour or $100 an hour, whatever it is, it's a lot, right? If you say you cost $200 an hour and you don't know how long it'll take or what you're going to do or how you're going to do it or any of those things, if you can't explain that to a client, you're really scary and it's really hard to get hired. It actually is. You've terrified them. Because, uh, you know, think about it. If somebody was standing in my living room telling me that they're going to charge me $200 to do this project for me, and, well, we really don't know how long it's going to take to get done. It depends on how well you make up your mind and how well you, you know, and I go, really? I mean, I, I, blah, you know, scary stuff. Somebody who could stand in front of me and say, this is what I can do for you, and this is what it'll cost, is a whole different game, Okay. So I know that you're worried and scared to say a big number because you worry about money. You worry about saying that much um, that the clients won't think it's worth it and say no. I mean, I've talked to some designers who really believe that they don't dare tell the client what this job would really cost and what they're going to cost because they believe the client would never do it. All right, that's a problem with your money thing, <laughs> the designer's money thing, not the client's. Okay, the client may be well be fine if you present it properly. Okay, 
Now, the whole other side of this is if you're fee-based, and you've got a fee based on a scope of work, and it's package, so to speak, and I'll explain more about how that works. But you're essentially creating this package thing. This is what I'll do for you, and this is what it's going to cost. Then you only have to sell yourself one time. And granted, that may be a big number that you have to say, and it may be scary walking up to it. It you know, in fact, I guarantee it'll be scary walking up to it. You're going, oh my gosh, how is this ever going to happen? Yet once you do it, once you present it properly and present it clearly and confidently, people easily say yes. And then you know what? You don't have to ask for money again for the rest of the job, right? You are paid ahead of time all the way through. And all those payments can be scheduled ahead of time. It's really, really easy. Right, so it's not like you have to send an invoice every month, and you know go up against your own money struggles every month when you send a bill. It's already figured out, it's already agreed to, and that's that. Okay, and the result of doing that is that you'll get way more jobs. It'll be way easier to sell jobs. Now I know this to be true because I came from the hourly basis thing and switched into fees oh, 20 years ago at least. And the difference in my business was phenomenal. Right? It is amazing, the difference. Okay? So, so this is something you really want to consider and you really want to understand how it works because sometimes it feels scary because you don't know quite how to do it, but keep pursuing it. Keep, keep listening here and, and understand the basis of how this works and it's going to make an incredible difference in your business and in your life. Now, the second thing that's really cool about design fees is that you don't have to send monthly invoices for time every month. All right. Now think about it. Think about how much time it takes to get those things out. Um, most designers take a day or two at the end of the month and try to go back through all their notes and all their appointments and that sort of thing and try to recreate that time and create those bills and then actually explain what you were doing on those bills so that people understand it. Now, one of the problems with not billing quickly and this whole billing things is when you explain what you did, people very often don't understand why it should take so long, which seems kind of crazy since it wasn't, it's probably only a third of what it took anyway, right? So there's this constant conflict back and forth about time billing. And quite frankly, when you get somebody who starts questioning your billing, then you know the job's going to collapse. I mean, it, it means the trust is broken and the whole thing will fall apart. And that's the end of that. So it, it's really, uh, you're really on a tricky ground. You're kind of on a tightrope there on billing things that make sense and not um, offending people or let, or people getting um, misunderstood and then getting on the wrong foot and and not and not not making sense. The other piece is think how much time it takes to create those bills. I mean, it really is a lot. Whether you do it or you have a bookkeeper who's doing it, it takes up a lot of time and money to be doing that. Um, I remember <laughs> I was doing that too. And you know, there's some ways you could streamline it. I we can help you with that because occasionally you do need to bill something hourly. But for the most part, when you can swing over and design fees, it's going to make the biggest difference in your business, in your life that you can imagine. The number three reason is probably the biggest one of all, is when you have a design fee, the design fee is always connected to a budget that's been agreed upon. 
Okay, so that when you start out, you know where you're supposed to end up. You know how much money you have to spend. You know how much you're getting paid. You can divide your, obviously you divide your internal hourly rate into the fee and you know how many hours you have to do this job in. Um, everything gets pretty clean and cut and dry. And the amount of jobs that go to completion is very, very high because you've already agreed on the budget. Essentially, you've sold the idea that we're spending $62,000 on this living room. Okay, we've already agreed on that. You're just going back and finding all the pieces it takes to make this beautiful room for that amount of money. There's no asking for money. There's no fainting on the floor when they see the budget. There's no, none of that stuff. It's all gone because the discussion about money has already been done. It's completed. Okay, and once completed and settled, this is what you're going to pay me, and this is the payment schedule, and this is what we're going to spend in purchasing. Okay, it's all really, really clean. And so the coolest thing is then the jobs go to completion, and you get to photograph, and people are happy, and you get referrals, and people see it, and you're, you're proud that, 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 that homeowner is saying, you know, that Terry Taylor did this for me, and it went great. And you get a call from those people the next week. It, that's how our business is supposed to work. When we're running on hours, though, something else happens, okay? And it's really common, and I know if you've been in the business a while, you know what this is. You about get about halfway or two-thirds through this job, and you run into what appears to be an invisible budget ceiling, something that they didn't tell you about, something that didn't get discussed, something that wasn't agreed upon, because now they're excluding you from meetings with the builders and the contractors and that sort of thing, because they don't want to rack up any more hours. Ah, there it is. Okay. And they're not asking for your opinion. They're going out and buying stuff themselves. Okay. Which is making a mess of your design. Why? Because you hit some kind of invisible budget ceiling that nobody was talking about. And, and now you've spent it as it's your, your money is spent and you didn't know it. Had you known that you had X dollars to spend, you could have designed a design that fit within that budget. But if you don't have it and you don't have agreement on it, then you run into this place where people start excluding you. They start buying stuff themselves. They're trying to get you out of the way because they can't afford it anymore. All right. They've decided that's it. They spent enough money with you and your job falls apart. It's no longer photographable. I mean, what do you need that mess for? Right. And it doesn't look good. And they're telling people you did it, which isn't, you know, for me, it's even the worst, the absolute worst. Right. I don't want my name on something that isn't right, that isn't beautiful, that I haven't put every bit of my creativity and my ability to pull it off into. Um, it, it's a terrible situation. And I know that when I was running on hourly, hourly charges, it happened often. Okay. It happened. It happened more often than you can believe. I mean, it was really, I, I would say maybe, 30, 40, maybe even 50% of the time, you'd get into this job and then not be able to finish it. That's why. It's because there's this invisible budget ceiling and we never knew it was there. All right. And that's because we went in with just a, essentially a retainer for, for some hours to get started and off we went and, you know, ran into the ceiling. Okay. So, 
this number three idea about design fees says that that doesn't happen anymore. You actually get to finish jobs um, the way you want them because it's already planned that way and there's not going to be there's way fewer surprises along the way. I can't say there's not going to be any surprises. You know that. <laughs> you, you know something will happen. But, but beyond that, it's not going to be that we run into a money ceiling and we can't do this. Okay? That's not going to be what's going to happen. All right? So um, let's talk about number four on my list. Okay? Design fees can be way, way higher than you think. Design fees are in alignment with the budget. And and when you learn to talk about budget and not just say, you know, what's your budget? And people go, I don't know. And I think they're hearing, you know, how much money do you have? They just back up and now they won't talk about it. And now you're missing a key piece of programming and you're in a mess, right? It, you're, you're, you're in a problem. When, and, and I could teach you how to do a budget. Okay, where they don't do that. It's actually um, based in talking about what things cost instead of how much money you have, right? But but beyond that, when you have a budget and you have budget agreement, the fee is based on that, okay? It's percentage, okay? And when you have that relationship in place, it makes it makes perfect sense. All right. And if you have, if you have uh, worked out a construction budget, say on an exploratory agreement, which is a little letter of agreement that you start with to actually figure this stuff out before you step into the whole kahuna. All right. And we can show you how to do that too. Uh, but when you do that and you say you have a $200,000 remodeling budget, your fee can easily be mm, 20, 22, $23,000 out of that. Okay, uh, you know, above and beyond that. Now, if you just said to Mrs. Jones that, you know, who wants to remodel her kitchen and redo the floors and, you know, fix something in the family room, that that you will charge her $23,000 to do that, she's going to go, what? Are you kidding? You know, not going to fly. If you talk about in, and work on getting a true scope of work and a true budget, then your 23000 in comparison to the 200000 budget for your fee is really very, very small and easy to accept. Oh, that makes sense. I'm going to invest $200,000 in my house and I need to make sure it's right. And, and Terry, who's going to charge me $23,000 to do this is the one that can make sure that this all goes right and make sure my property is still worth, worth more than, <laughs> worth more than the 200,000 I put in it. And it all comes out beautifully. So the reality is that that very often in our minds, we think that nobody would ever pay us $23,000 to do this. Are you kidding? Not in a million world. But that's not true. The reality is that if you present it properly and show your value up front, okay, and it's all about value and service and all of those pieces, that it's not a problem and that you can have a $23,000 design fee or 30 or 50 or 80. I mean, it's, it's all in relationship to what's going on and presented properly. It's easy. It's our own personal money stories that keep us from believing that we're worth that big of a fee. And with a little inward looking and looking under the surface and uncovering some things, you could do it too. It really is not, not hard. And number five on my list that I want to share with you is that when you have a design fee, you have clarity on exactly what the scope of the job is 
And you know how long you have to do it because you take the fee and you divide it by your internal hourly rate and that'll give you the number of hours you need to complete this in. Okay, so then it becomes um, you, um, your practice to, to do a time budget, to figure out how you're going to get that done in that amount of time. And I'll tell you, it's not a million meetings and it's not a piece at a time. You got to stop doing that and start, start presenting whole jobs and whole packages based on what the scope of work is. And when you do that and you do all the things on the list in your scope, in your letter of agreement, you're done with the job. What happens is, is that you start being able to time block and be able to control your time better. Okay. And be able to go to completion and, and feel like you completed it. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's a huge piece. Now, that's not to say that people don't add things in along the way. We want that to happen. That is the upsell. Now, you know, people get stuck in that and saying, oh, it's scope creep, it's scope creep, and she wants me to do this, she wants me to do that. But the reality is, she's not really expecting you to do it for free, but if you do, she'd like it, right? So, you know, it's not up to her to go, oh, no, you know, um, make, I want to make sure that I pay you for this extra piece I just added on. It's up to you to take that extra piece and say, yes, I'd love to do that. And you create a separate agreement and a separate time block for it, a separate scope and fee that goes on that piece so that there's a beginning, a middle, and an end to every job. And they don't go on forever, right? They have a very short endpoint because in order to be, have a profitable business and get paid what you're worth, you need to have some end dates on these things and reasonable expectations with your clients so they understand what this process is going to be. You know, when you are finished, you're finished, right? And they can hire you for more. Absolutely. But this whole idea um, of having a fee, having a scope attached to it, and then knowing the amount of hours it's going to take to do this is what will create the freedom in your business to actually, <laughs> to actually, so you can have a life. So it's the no more weekends and, and no more evening working on paperwork, that sort of thing. We're going to get that over with entirely, you know, never again. And the way you do it was with design fees. And it's actually easier than you think. So to run back through that again, number one is that it's easy to sell jobs on fees because clients know what they're going to get and they know exactly what it's going to cost and you know exactly what's going to do, what you're going to do and how long it'll take you. So it's really a win-win all the way around. Number two is you create a predictable cash flow because you've sold this larger fee and it has the payment plan laid out in your letter of agreement. You know when those payments are going to land and so you can spread it out into your calendar and know what your cash flow is over the next few months. You're, you're getting rid of that huge feast and famine thing where you got a lot of money and then you got nothing. It's like, it's, it's terrible. It's a roller coaster. So this will help smooth that out because you'll start being able to predict when the money's coming in and when you need to sell a new job and when you need to just work. Okay. Number three, your jobs won't stop halfway through anymore. Um, you won't lose those things that you thought were going to be, you thought you would be able to publish it in a magazine and it fizzled out because you hit that invisible budget ceiling. That won't happen anymore. You'll have a budget that's, that's clearly defined in the beginning, a scope that's clearly defined and what you're going to, what you're going to be paid for doing it and how long it's going to take right from the get go. 
And so you'll get to photograph, you'll get referrals, you'll, your, your business will work um, organically um, the way it's supposed to. Right. And wish nothing more than that for you, because that was really so cool when you get that going. It's just kind of flows to you. And that's that's what we're after in the end. Number four is your design fees can be way, way higher than you think. We're not talking twenty five, thirty five hundred dollars. We're talking bigger numbers, bigger 10, 15, 20 percent of what is being spent on the project can be your fee. OK, that's a big deal. A big, big difference from what you've been doing. And then number five, when you have the design fee, you get to reverse engineer it and figure out how many hours you've sold in there and reverse engineer on how you're going to get that job done and how you're going to make it happen. And so that becomes a big, big benefit to you as well. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Interior Design Business Podcast. If you love what you're hearing each week, let me know by leaving a rating and a review. And don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on clear, proven, repeatable, step-by-step recipes for attracting ideal luxury clients I share in each episode. As always, you can head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com to check out the links and resources from this episode. Till next week, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth. <laughs>